Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. Very excited to be welcoming、uh, this wonderful guest on the show today. When I first started this podcast over a year ago, now I had her name on my list, and now. Go, go, Alicia! She's here. Maggie Lord from the very delightful rusticweddingchic dot com is here. Welcome to the show, Maggie, and thank you for taking up my invitation. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Oh well, look, you are one of the. I always say this to my bloggers, my wedding bloggers. You're one of the originals, and I say that with a big tip of the the lady hat <laughs> to you. <laughs> You recognise very well a niche in or a niche, sorry, Americans、uh, in,、yeah. in the market. I know I get in so much trouble for my Australianisms.、Uh, <laughs> you recognised a niche in the market when it comes to well, rustic. We'll talk a lot about what you do, but the rustic sort of style wedding planning. I, I know you've told this story a million times before, but can you give us a little bit of a background of the website, and then also how、uh, you decided to really change from a teacher into a wedding blogger? Amazing. Yeah, I know. So you know what was happening was that I was I was teaching and I I was happy. I was currently、um, in graduate school at the time, and so teaching kind of fit my schedule.、Um, I knew that I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. I wasn't sure really what. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Both my parents are,、um, and so. It, I knew that I wanted to do something about owning my own business and creating my own business,、um, but I was happy teaching and going to graduate school. But I kind of had in the back of my mind, like once graduate school is done, you know, then I really want to create something for myself.、Mm. Um, and it really, the business Rustic Wedding Sheet came from a very organic place, which I love because it wasn't like I looked at the market and I saw a hole or I saw something that I could exploit. I Was planning my own wedding、um, to my now husband. We were engaged, and we decided to host the wedding at my family's summer house in northern Wisconsin,、uh, where we live in Connecticut. So we knew that we would be bringing all of these people to this very special place. It's very special to my family, and I wanted something very elegant but rustic. And I kind of fell flat finding. The inspiration online. So this is back in 2008 when I was engaged, and the wedding blog world then was not what it is now.、Yeah. This is before <laughs> Pinterest. Oh, what I、um, love! I love when people say before Pinterest. It should be BP, like you know, it should、yes. be actually now. We should get necklaces. We should get these sort of wristbands, sort of commemorative, going before Pinterest. There was a time before that. They're right. I know we <laughs> had to read magazines and pull pictures、no. out of magazines and post them on our on our、uh, wall. And you know, I I wanted to to kind of convey. Um, what the design and style that I was going for with my wedding to different vendors and、um, you know people who were helping me plan it and even like sitting down and spending time with my mom, I was trying to explain what I was looking for and everybody kind of got what I was talking about, you know, rustic country but very elegant and very chic. But yet they were like, let's pull some pictures together so I can really bring your vision to life. And I wasn't finding it. I had kept over the years. A picture here and there from a different wedding magazine, or I loved Martha Stewart growing up,、mm. and 
you know, I had this binder of pictures, but I was like, what am I going to do? Photocopy it and send it to the caterer? Like I'm in Connecticut, they're in Wisconsin. Like it just wasn't, nothing was translating correctly. And I thought, well, you know what? I love design and I love weddings. And why, if I'm looking for this, I know there are other brides looking for it too. And so I set out um, with the help of some other friends in the tech business and my brothers in the internet business. And so he, we, he helped me create, I was like, I just need a space. I need a blog where I can share the ideas I'm finding or the pictures that a photographer was, you know, sending to me. And I need to be able to share that. And luckily what I was able to do was create rustic wedding chic um, so that brides and couples could not only find ideas and inspiration, but then we grew it into having our rustic wedding guide, which is where they can find vendors and venues. Um, because a lot of people want to plan that sort of wedding and they didn't have the resources, you know? Yeah. So as I say, this is before Pinterest because now you can log on to Pinterest and search for any wedding theme or idea or color and you can find, you know, something close to what you're looking for. And it's Pinterest is obviously helped Rustic Wedding Chic because we have a huge following. I mean, we have 11 million monthly views Stop of our it. pins. Stop it. That's yes, crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly people are searching Pinterest. Um, but, you know, we've been, we've been very, very fortunate that we have a wonderful, dedicated reader. Um, and it really, I think the voice comes through on the blog that it came from this organic place that I was in love with this sort of style wedding and I really wanted to create a community where other like-minded brides could come and that's what is lovely and reading you know I've done some some serious google stalking about you today Maggie I will say (laughs) and uh, I follow you know all of your wonderful social media accounts and you are it is inspiring I suppose to see as you said when something when someone is passionate about something and I talk to a lot of wonderful bloggers all in their various areas of interest, you know, it really does come through and I totally um, will congratulate you for launching it and also just carrying it into a wonderful business because you've gone off on different tangents with, you've got the rustic baby. I love that you've gone out. I mean, of course, naturally, and you've you've written three books. So bloody hell, good on you. I know, (laughs) a little busy, but you know, well, what happened was shortly after the blog really took off um, in 2011, we were experiencing a very healthy readership, very dedicated reader. Um, the Ask Maggie section on Rustic Wedding Sheet was was it was blowing up. I mean, I was getting so many emails that I couldn't I couldn't stand it. I mean, we actually created Rustic Wedding Guide out of the emails that I was getting from couples saying, do you know a barn that I can get married in, in Michigan, California, Texas? And I was like, I live in Connecticut. I can tell you within like an hour of my house, but I don't know every barn across the country. Um, and then, you know, naturally I, after getting married and had, you know, a couple of years later, we welcomed our first son and I just had another baby a year ago. So I was like, you know, gosh, I kind of have this reader for life because they plan their rustic country chic wedding. And then I would get cute little emails that say from a bride, like I planned my whole wedding with you. And I just wanted to share a cute picture now after being married, here's my rustic country nursery or my rustic, you know, maternity shoot. And I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. And then of course I was like, well, I'm living in that world because I'm creating nurseries for in my own house for my sons and so I was like, let me create, you know, rustic baby chic. And, you know, luckily it, it does, it has a very nice readership with, and it serves a purpose for that next phase of life. 
I'm so happy you said that, Maggie, about your uh, readers. And I was my listeners are very similar that we share with them. We're really lucky to share with them this sort of really special time in their lives. And I sometimes feel like they're people have said, oh, Alicia, you're my virtual bridesmaid. And I think it's very sweet. <laughs> I repeat it now because I think, oh, that's really, you know, I was really when I first got that email, I said to my husband, oh, my God, they're like my friends. And, yeah. and it is just this connection. And I'm so glad that you sort of said that as well, because I feel that with every email I get and voicemail and, and uh, connection, it, I feel privileged to uh, be sharing that with them. So, and it's great that you've con- continued the relationship. I think that's the that's the golden ticket when it comes to being connected with people is carrying it on. So it's great, really great. It's true. I agree because there is something about you know the virtual space out there is so big, and um, there's something nice that you can kind of have this close knit community where they feel like they're not just going to another place, like especially out in the wedding blog world. Now there's so many, they're not just coming, looking at a picture, clicking off. Um, you know, they really feel like they trust what I have to say. They want to hear what our community of, you know, trusted brides and bridesmaids uh, giving feedback have to say. Um, you know, so it's nice that there is that connection on a little bit deeper level because the virtual world is so big and vast out there. It sure is. Gee whiz. And there's so much information. And look, I want to get onto our topic today because I, I mean, I could just talk to you all day about the blogs. It's fascinating. <laughs> but before we get in, so today's topic, this is a bit late in the, in the game. Look at me audio professional but here it is today maggie is coming on especially to talk about well this this post that you have uh you have created it's been huge on pinterest as a lot of your posts are but it's a great topic what to diy at your wedding and what to leave to the professionals just put down the glue gun <laughs> yeah. take a deep breath step back and get a life but before we hit that uh i just wanted to ask you about you just mentioned commenters on blogs and one thing that's been really irking me lately is this idea of people getting nasty about other people's weddings and yes the fact that facebook and twitter and instagram people seem to find a voice and just turn into complete assholes and you just go listen this is not this is not I, I you know if anyone mentions anything gross on my page they just get blocked or I just yell at them in an internet way. Do you get right. that or do you find that it's mainly a supportive positive group of couples that come in and interact? And I just want to say quietly I don't get many people being negative on my page. <laughs> right, you know, we, you know we've been very lucky we don't have a lot of negativity because I think we have a like-minded kind of reader. Um, you know, with that said, anytime you publish anything on the internet, you have to be aware that it is open for, um, viewing by anybody and there can be negative feedback and scrutiny and all of these things. And, you know, we say, um, on one of our pages where we kind of have like how to comment or, you know, how to contact us, like, please keep this a positive environment. Mm. And I always like if you don't like what you see, no one is keeping you here. You do not need to, you know, be looking at the pictures. If you have something negative to say, you know, it's not really the space for that. Um, I, I think what has happened in the bigger virtual internet world is that people feel like they can say anything because there's no face to face. You know, they can write anything and what they can hit send and what's the big deal. There's, there's no repercussion, you know, mm. like no one's going to take them on. But we have a very positive 
readership. And I think the community, like I said, is very like-minded and, and for the most part, very supportive. And I have connected people who are desperately trying to find their dream dress and they find it in a blog post on Rustic Wedding Chic with the bride from that oh, wedding. Lovely. And like they've given them the information where they got it. You know, so I think for the most part, it's a very, very positive supportive group yeah and i think that's a great point and it's something people should remember if you've got something well it's a pretty old saying if you haven't got something nice to say don't say it at all and would you say this to someone's face because i think some people uh you know as we know people share a lot of their beautiful real weddings you feature so many beautiful real weddings on a rustic wedding chic it's it's just great to see um, the positivity and you don't want brides and grooms going on and then going and reading the comments and going, Oh, well, what's that all about? It's just not, yeah. it's not the spirit of it all. Not at all. Right. And I mean, we do, we, we obviously look at all of the comments too and make sure that what, that what is going out there as far as the comments is generally going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, you know, and we can, you can't police everything because people can write comments on Pinterest and I obviously cannot track down 11 oh, no. million different, you know, views. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, for the most part, I'd say it's, it's a happy time in people's life, the wedding time, you know, the planning period. And so for the most part, everybody seems to really be enjoying kind of the, the community that we have built. Totally. And as I heard Ariana Huffington say once, her mother used to say when they were bickering or bitching her and her sisters and her mum would tune out and she'd go, just change the channel. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Just change the channel. Yeah. So I always think if you're going to get bitchy, change the channel, move right. on to somewhere else. That's a great else. way of putting it. I yeah. like that. <laughs> all right. We are going to go for a very, very brief break. And then when we're going to come back, we're going to talk all about the DIYs and DI don'ts. This is the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. You already know that because you're listening to it. If you don't, you might be lost, but stay around. I'm talking to the wonderful Maggie Lord. She is the creator, the founder, uh, oh, just the magician behind Rustic Wedding Sheet, the uh, beautiful. It's the only way to describe it, romantic. I think about green grass and lovely lovely boutonnieres and beautiful things. That's how I would describe your website, Maggie. It is just pretty, 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 pretty. <laughs> And today you feature a lot of DIY projects. I think a lot of these sort of beautiful weddings are mainly DIY, but it is a big topic to talk about, about how many things you can physically make as one single person or a couple and how many things you can purchase online and pretend you've made. I like to call it DIY (laughs) without the why. (laughs) Maggie, where do we where do we kick off? What are the foundations? What are the Maggie rules when it comes to DIYing and when to just let it go and go to the shops? Right. Well, you know, there has to be a healthy balance um, in DIY. It became such a trend and such a big craze. And I think, um, you know, a lot of it out of necessity yeah. when you have, when you're planning a wedding, I mean, let's face it, there everybody's on a budget, whether it's big or small, everyone's on a budget when they're planning a wedding. So you do start to see things um, and ideas that you go, you know what, I can do that myself. I love that idea, but why am I going to pay for it when I can go to the store, buy it for half the cost and create it? Um, and I too got into some of the DIY things at my own wedding. But what I have learned over the years here on Rustic Wedding Chic is that not everything needs to be DIY. Mm-hmm. You can still achieve that look if that's what you're going for. And that you there are things and projects that can actually end up costing you more if you try to do them yourself than if you leave them to the professionals. Mm. And I think what happened was with the wonderful world, like we've been talking about, of Pinterest, 
so many wonderful wedding ideas became available to people that all of a sudden it was like, let me do this. I want this at my wedding. <laughs> and there are so many wonderful crafty people out there yeah. that share their ideas. But I always say you have to decide what you can really take on and what you can't for a DIY. And if you want that look, you might have to sit down and figure out what you're actually going to try to do yourself and what you're going to leave to the professional who can achieve the look for you. Um, you know, my first rule is please do not take on a project that is outside your skill set. Don't see a pretty cake and think, you know what? I can make that oh because my let, you can. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not great at cooking or baking already, and you haven't had that experience, you're not going to get the cake out of the pan without it breaking into a million pieces. I mean, you just have to face the facts that if you're not already kind of a pro at that, you probably should leave that to the professional. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are things out there that you can do. If you're like, I really want to bake the cake for my wedding, you know what? Maybe, okay, do a trial run and see but chances are you you really should leave it to the professional. Yeah, look, I mean, cake baking, it's, well, apart from the fact you'd be baking the cake a couple of days probably prior to the wedding, you don't want to do that for starters. And even a fruit right. cake that can last a couple of weeks or whatever and you put the fondant on and all that sort of stuff, it's a pretty hardcore commitment. Surely just buy it for the love of God, just buy it. Right. Well, you know what's going to happen if you take it on yourself and it doesn't come out the way you want it? Oh, I mean, no. talk about a stressful time the days before your wedding. And then what? You've already sunk money into buying everything that you need. And then you're then you're putting in a rush order at a bakery. And so you're spending double, you know. Mm. Um, so things like food, planning and coordinating, photography, leave to the professionals because you don't want to be disappointed with that. You know, you have this one beautiful day. You want to have beautiful photography at the end of it because let's face it, at the end of the day, that's all that's left. Yeah. And you go back and you look through those, your beautiful album, or you give those as gifts to your family and close friends. You th That's the lasting memories. Um, and so you want to leave things like to photography, food, and planning and coordinating to the professionals so that the day can be enjoyed you know, by you and your family. Mm. And you want it to come off in a beautiful way that you've spent this year or two years or whatever it is planning this day. And it is that thing that people do over, you get when you first get engaged, and I'm sure a lot of people listening now, it's, we've just, we've just gone past engagement season. They're probably all in the, the heady days of engagement time where they're feeling like they can do anything, which you can, ladies and gents, you can mm -hmm. do anything, but also you need to figure out, figure out your time management. And as you said, budget, because DIY, and I've talked about this on the show before, a lot of people go, Oh, DIY, that means it's cheap. And you go, actually, not really. Not always. Exactly. It's a huge <laughs> misconception to think, okay, just because it's DIY, that it means that it's going to help your budget. Yeah. And there are some things like that you can do. Okay. If you're going to maybe put together your own wedding favors, you might be able to do that for cheaper than buying them. But sure. those would be, those would be favors that, you know, are very popular in Rustic Wedding Cheek, like putting together the little s'mores kit where it's the piece of chocolate, the graham cracker and the two um, you know, marshmallows in a cute little bag Aww, that you probably great. go to the, you know, you could go to the grocery store. You can do that. You can get your bridesmaids together one night, share a couple of glasses of wine, put that all together a week leading up to the wedding and you have a successful DIY project. Mm. Yes. You're probably going to save some money there, but some of the other areas, um, like, you know, taking on flowers, that's, it's tricky. You 
might not be saving the money you think you are saving by trying to take on doing all the floral arrangements. Yeah, and that also, again, is the day before or the day of. And you don't necessarily want to be going feral that morning when something is the flowers haven't opened or uh, you've got pollen all over yourself or whatever. You know, (laughs) it's not easy. The only person I've seen do it extremely successfully is a friend of mine who is a florist. Um, and she really wanted to take on doing the flowers herself because this is her life. Sure. And she felt like, you know, the morning of, I'm going to be so frantic. Anyway, I might as well be doing something that, that I enjoy. So she did do the flowers for her wedding. Um, but don't forget, you have to have a space. If you buy all these flowers in bulk, and mm-hmm. I speak from experience because the town where I got married, we don't have a great florist. I mean, it is a teeny tiny ha- summer town with just lake houses. So I ordered wholesale flowers from like two hours away. They were delivered two days before. Well, you know, you have to think about where am I going to keep them refrigerated? You can't just put them in some water and hope they're going to look great. So it's like, here I am. where did you go, Maggie? What did you do? (laughs) I went to our friendly local liquor store. We were purchasing all of the alcohol through anyway to give as much business back to the local community and they were nice enough to let me keep all of my wedding flowers which was a huge part of my budget in their um beer cave refrigerator (laughs) so talk about super elegant (laughs) that day of my wedding i had to go get them from the beer cave refrigerator oh my god but you're a lateral thinker, Maggie. That's what makes you work, though. That's great that you went, listen, I've got a problem. I'm going to solve it, and I'm going to support local industry. So that's nice. Right. <laughs> I have to say, though, I, I personally did not take on doing every floral arrangement. I ordered the flowers wholesale for my wedding because I could, and I put together a team of, of trusted friends who kind of had a very great design style, and I said, like, this is what I want, and we did them. Nice. Um, and But I th- that is one of the things where I was like, you know what? I did, I ordered a bouquet from somebody, you know, I did not try to take on doing a bouquet or something like that because these are very beautiful design elements in your wedding and you really want them to perform on your wedding day, you know, in a, in a beautiful way. You don't want to be disappointed in your bouquet and having to start cutting out pieces of it or trying to rewrap it. You know, it takes away from enjoying the day. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like from our experience, we ordered, we had tulips, we had a winter wedding in Australia. So again, I think the flower choice was probably limited to what we would see on Pinterest. And we always go back to the idea that people have uh, crazy expectations of availability of, of especially flowers. You just go, well, it doesn't, right. you can't get stuff in the middle of winter in certain parts of the world. And we had sort of really cute little, uh, we collected jars. We actually took quite a lot of inspiration from you, lady, I tell you that. But we had beautiful <laughs> jars. And, but I did the same thing. I got to the point where we had, did the tulips for the table and they were very simple and minimalistic. But the idea of making a bouquet, I was like, ah, uh, held to the no, I'm ordering right. it. And we had Australian natives, which was great because they, they, um, again, we put it in the fridge in the house that we were staying in. It was very, you know, slapdash, but there was just no way I was going to be teaching myself something that someone has spent years training them, training to be a florist. Exactly. You know, it takes a lot of skills. So, uh, it does. yeah, agree. I totally agree. So when it comes to, uh, your, what you've seen, uh, you've been writing about rustic weddings since 2008. And I'm sure, as you said, you've had a, a, a passion. I know your parents, uh, your mum's business as well it dealt with a lot of, uh, beautiful, selling beautiful items. 
shoot yes. this. Yeah. So you, you've had an interest in this, this, uh, design aesthetic, I suppose, for a long time. Are you seeing trends come in and out or how do you, how do you describe the niche? With, with, with what comes in and out of fashion? Or is it always the sort of the same, not always the same, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I get it. I, you know what happens is things become popular, um, and they seem to be a trend and they seem to kind of blow up on the internet as far as being like this really great new look or idea. But what happens is once you dig in a little bit, you realize like it's probably been there for a while. It just yeah. hasn't been as exposed. Um, and like barn weddings, I mean, people are like, gosh, in the past five years, like everybody's getting married in a barn. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. But if you go outside of maybe just kind of the cooler areas, like, yes, maybe lots of brides in Brooklyn are looking for barns or lots of brides in San Francisco are looking for barns. But if you go to like middle America here, if you go to Texas mm. or Wisconsin, Michigan, these brides have been planning barn weddings for years because <laughs> those were the venues that they were, that are available to them. Yeah. You know? And so it, it becomes a trend. But once you dig in, you see, like, this has probably really been around much longer. Um, you know, things like burlap seem to just go crazy. I think on Pinterest, probably about four years ago, I felt like, wow, if I, like, if I see one more burlap thing, it just, but yet it amazes me. Yes, people have moved on and they've gone on to the next thing, but there are still large oh chunks of brides and grooms who are, planning their wedding all around burlap, you know? So whether it's a trend and it moves on, it still speaks to people and probably depending on where you are and what sort of wedding you're planning and what budget, you know, some of those trends, they don't, they're not really trends. They're, they're just like a lovely look for a wedding. Um, I mean, I think we can all speak to the fact that like Mason jars became huge around the time when I planned my wedding. I was like, you know, every floral centerpiece at my wedding was going to be in a mason jar. And I remember going to the little hardware store and asking for like specific mason jars. And they're like, how much canning are you doing? I was like, oh, no, no, <laughs> I'm not making anything out of these. Like this is, I'm not putting, I'm not making jelly. Let's be clear. Um, I was like, no, this is for my wedding. And they were like, oh, really? That's, that's so interesting. They're like, I've never thought about them as a vase. And I was like, well, let me tell you, it's about to get, get crazy. Ready. Get ready. <laughs> Actually, we found, um, we found some, um, in Australia, we call it passata. It's the tomato, like pasta sauce, you know, plain tomato okay. sauce. And they're the tall, long jars that we found. Yes. And they had gorgeous, I don't know, we, we bought one and we cooked with it. And I went, oh gosh, look at this amazing jar. Cause it had some sort of flowers in the glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, indented and then I became obsessed with these jars and we ate so much tomato sauce in the lead up to our wedding because I th- I had this vision of putting the flowers in these jars these beautiful ornate jars that it was coming out of our ears so I feel the same way we got married in 2012 and it was all about the glassware collecting things it's, it always trends come and go but that sort of stuff's quite classic though isn't it it is you know and like something like that where you DIY that in a way like I think that's cool or the whole wine bottle trend where people take them and they spray them like a metallic color and they they group them together and they use them as a centerpiece and maybe not on every table you know but maybe it's like next to the guest book or something like Like, that's a DIY project I can get down with because you're recycling you know you're reusing um Sometimes I think that gets a little confusing to people where they think, you know, oh, DIY means I got to go out and get up, you know, buy everything new. And I'm sometimes like, well, let's look at what you have. Like, mm. if you've 
I remember I had bought like a beautiful big basket for my house and I was like, wait, I should just bring that with me to the wedding and that would make a great place to put like these flowers that I wanted kind of really spilling out of this basket. And I was like, yeah, because in my head I was like, I got to pick up a new basket for this flower display. And I was like, that's craziness. You have to look around what you have. Sometimes it works. Yeah, and borrow things. I think there's so many people, you know, friends that have been married before or have, go and scout out your friends' houses. I think, you know, everything can be used. (laughs) It's true. I mean, a lot of advice that I give sometimes is like, you know what? Ask around because sometimes you don't know what everybody has. Like I had a girlfriend who maybe it it wasn't her wedding, but she was hosting um, like an engagement party and she wanted all white, just plain white dishes and in in, in a variety of sizes. Like she had this style she was going for Mm. and she was like, gosh, I have to go out and buy and what am I going to do with them after? Can I resell them? I was like, well, let's see. I have a set of plain white dishes and my mom has a set of plain white dishes. Oh. So what you just borrow and you're going to achieve that look, you yeah. know? So I think sometimes people forget that you can kind of just ask around friends and family and probably pull together some of the items that you're originally going to have to pay for. Do you think when you're looking at the rustic sort of vibes that anyone, whether you're getting married in Alice Springs in Australia or Columbia or I'm picking some random places here, Maggie, I don't know where mm-hmm. these are coming from, but is it, can people do it anywhere? Is it, is it an adaptable, versatile theme? It is. I think it's actually one of the most versatile because what I learned early on was that rustic was a huge umbrella term. Mm. It did not mean the same thing to everyone, which I love. And it kind of encompassed other styles, including barn, country, farm, backyard, lakeside. I mean, mountain, I could go on and on. Vintage look. When people started the photographers submitting weddings to rustic wedding sheet, I was like, I thought they would all be in the same very small idea of what I had as rustic, meaning on a lake or everything would have like the birch bark look to it. And I was getting these wide variety of rustic looks. And I was like, okay, rustic is a big term and it means something different to everyone. And I love that because it means that they're taking it and they're adapting it to the style and look that they feel, um, you know, represents who they are as a couple. I think there's nothing better than going to a wedding and seeing a wedding that reflects the couple. What I love is uh, seeing a bride especially go and, and one you, one thing you said is, you know, it's this classic look. It's, it's also quite, it's sophisticated but relaxed at the same time. I mean, I've seen some beautiful brides um, featured on your website that are in cowboy boots or wearing yes. a cardigan or something, you know, and, and that's my sort of style. I'm, I purport to really getting the bride chiller out in people sort of saying you need to feel like yourself and you need to really make this day reflect who you are as a couple and also your general life vibe. And that's what I think is mm-hmm. so wonderful at seeing these, these couples go, yeah, we really like to wear a comfortable shoe. <laughs> right. doing yeah. it, you know? yeah. So why am I going to suffer on the day that I'm exactly. supposed to be enjoying the most? Yeah, no, I think there's nothing more beautiful when I show up to a wedding and I see a bride that looks like herself and she's wearing a dress that reflects her style and she's a- adding those personal touches, whether it's cowboy boots or, at, you know, after the ceremony, she throws just, you know, a cardigan or a wrap around her shoulders. I love that because you want to see a wedding that reflects the people who are actually, you know, getting married. And I think in the last 10 years, we have seen such a a move 
away from the cookie cutter mm. wedding. Um, and people are just, they're so creative and they're just now figuring out how that they can create these weddings that reflect who they are. And it's such a special, wonderful day. Um, it should reflect exactly who you are as individuals and who you are as a couple. Oh, well said. Bravo. Bravo, bravo. And <laughs> she knows a business, people. She yeah. really does. She's done this for a while. Maggie, That's right. one question I always like to ask my wonderful wedding bloggers, I like how I claim you all, my wonderful wedding bloggers. Right. Um, <laughs> is going back now in the time machine to your wedding, is there anything in, in all the years now of weddings you've seen and trends coming and going and all this sort of extracurricular activity you've obviously absorbed from the wedding industry, anything that you would change, improve, add to your wedding? Um, it's a good question. You know, what has happened is that because I spend all day during my work day looking at beautiful wedding photos, you can't help but go back and think about your own wedding. And mm. when I see a great idea or, um, you know, some sort of great wedding inspiration, I go like, hmm, I should have done that. Like, why <laughs> didn't I think of that? Um, you know, th- yes, there are some things. I was on to the idea of having like a red pickup truck. So this is, I got married in 2009. Um, and so I wanted to leave the church in a red pickup truck. And then it, it, we drove it to the reception and it became the backdrop for like all the pictures and all the, you know, all kind of the cocktail hour things. And I, I'm not claiming that I, that I started that trend, but Come I on, remember just climate, that just, just shortly climate. after seeing a lot of it out there. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like I didn't even have a picture to go on. Like I remember trying to track down a red vintage pickup truck <laughs> from somebody and being like, can I rent it for the day? You know, like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So like, I was very happy that we did something like that. Um, because I felt at the time it, it set us apart mm-hmm. and, um, and we arrived to our ceremony, um, by, or to our reception by boat, um, which is kind of a little tradition in my family because I've had several family members get married um, at our at our summer house. And so that, to me, was very special. Um, but, you know, today I've seen a lot of brides and grooms um, take beautiful pictures, like, out on the pier by the lake. And we didn't. We didn't do that. We arrived by boat with her, and we had those pictures of us getting off the boat and then coming up to the cocktail hour. But we didn't get those kind of pictures with the lake behind us for mm-hmm. some reason. And you know, obviously I wasn't in the head to say to my photographer, like, oh, this is where I want every single picture taken because the day starts moving so fast. Yeah. Um, and we really focused on taking a lot of pictures in front of the pickup truck and stuff, which I'm very happy I have. But every once in a while I've seen a beautiful picture with just the, the natural scenery behind a bride and a groom. And I go like, oh, yes, I wish I had that picture in my wedding album. Do you ever get the feeling that you could I, – I've suggested this a few times now to my uh, interviewees to say maybe we could all get together and do a Heidi Klum-style yearly wedding and you could just do it over and over again, Groundhog's Day. Yes. And then you could get your photos and you could wear a different dress because I'm sure you could get a sponsor with all your wonderful vendors. <laughs> and we could all just band together and make our husbands do it over and over again. <laughs> I know, I know. I've said to my husband, I was like – can we have a vow renewal? I yeah. love vows, but I want to recreate some wedding stuff. And he's like, really? He's like, I think our day was perfect. And I'm like, it was, but there's so many great ideas now. Well, he gets 10 um, points for saying yeah. that. 
I, I mean, I, to, I, I, I get it. I mean, there's, there are so many things that you could incorporate. And yes, I would love to, um, certainly wear a different dress or try a different look or, you know, something like that. But I, chances are I'm not going to get my husband to agree to, to do another wedding, a wedding day, but that's okay. He says, because I really wanted to get married in a barn, but there wasn't a barn venue in the town where we got married. And so he thinks sometimes I wrote a whole book on barn weddings. I'm living vicariously <laughs> through these brides who did get a barn for their wedding. And I love that you can do that. That's pretty magic. Yeah. Um, now, Maggie, can my lovely listeners, if they are planning their own rustic wedding, can they submit to you their beautiful wedding photographs to be featured? Yes. Um, so we usually work just the photographer submits them because they give them to us of in the course. right size and that sort of thing. So I would say that if you reach out to your photographer and, you know, give them either the email address, which is, you know, Maggie at rusticweddingsheet.com, which is how they can submit, or we work with a wonderful company called Two Bright Lights. Um, and twobrightlights.com, the photographer can upload their images and we can view them and view the entire wedding album that way. But we love to feature weddings all around the world. Um, we've had beautiful weddings, I think probably from every corner of the world now on Rustic Wedding Chic. So please share your wedding photos with us. We'd love it. Yeah, I'm always trying to encourage people, especially as you sort of said, if people are coming up with some, I mean, every wedding's unique, there's no doubt. But if you've got some special magic touches that, um, you know, are something you want to share, it's always great to submit to wedding blogs because it's pretty nice when you see your wedding up there and you can uh, have lovely positivity surrounding it. Exactly. So you know what? And you can always, um, you know, tag us in a picture on Instagram. Oh, yeah. um, it's Rustic Wedding Chic because I think that's a quick and easy way sometimes to share some great tips um, with people. And that is a great tip about tips. So that is meta and I really enjoyed it. And uh, also, lovely listeners, Maggie has a great uh, section of the website called Ask Maggie and there's some really kick-ass blog posts there as well about lots of different topics that I uh, really enjoyed reading and sharing. So Maggie, thank you so much for coming on. It's Rustic Wedding Chic. Dot com and uh, it's just really great. I can tick another wonderful blogger off my list. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I loved chatting with you today. Oh my gosh, let's please let's do it again. I'm sure we have many things to cover again in the future, so it would be really nice to speak to you later in the year. Yes, let's make a date. Thank you so much, Maggie. Good luck with your wedding planning this week, my lovely listeners, and uh, I hope it all goes well. Don't over DIY. Take it easy. Think about your time. Say hello to your partner for me. Happy days. Say good day to wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.